0: Yeah, she's she's she can. Well, I think everybody who lives there seems to seems like the number one pastime is complaining about the traffic, right?
1: Oh yeah. Well, if you if you want to get around town, it's going to be a problem no matter what. So uh, yeah, it's it's a fun thing to complain about.
0: Okay, so we're recording. Facebook Live is not working for some reason. I never had this problem. It's just it's just giving me the spinning wheel of death from the nineteen nineties. Was it the nineties when we had the spinning wheel of death all the time? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's come back in the face of
2: live stream. You, you know what? Ultimately, it's actually good because it gives us a dry run, so we can actually look at it and do it and do it even better next time. So
0: we'll I'll, make, I'll I'll make Kyle edit the video. So uh, so Kyle's got some <laughs> editing duties since he didn't show up today.
2: Well, I can al- I can also like do it at the library. It's very quickly. So so it's, it's okay. It's okay, sorry. One Alrighty.
0: of you, one of you. I'm not editing it. I, <laughs> ready? But we're going. Yeah, we're live. We're talking. We're, we're, we're here. Oh, Nicholas has the opening, the opening line every time. Let's hear it. I love it. I love
2: it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. So good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you are. This is Nicholas Zard and I'm really excited about uh, launching this new show here on Clean Technica with a really good friend of mine, Paul Scott. And of course, I'll let Paul introduce himself. Uh, very quickly. And Zach, who's also here for our launch today. So without further ado, I'll let Paul probably introduce himself very quickly first, for those of you who have been living under a rock for the last 20 years. And then we'll talk, uh, we'll let Zach talk, and then we'll talk about what we're going to talk about today. Paul.
1: Yeah, so I got started with the electric uh, vehicle world back in 2002, uh, when I had went through a bout of cancer and decided to change everything in my life. And bought this Rav four e v not knowing there was a big political fight going on, but we very quickly became immersed in that, and fought with um, all the people who formed plug in America later on to save as many of these cars as possible and and to try to convince the car makers to build more so that that went on uh, until uh, who killed the electric car came out. Then we um, uh, continued to you know push the car makers and then when Nissan and GM started to come out with their cars, I joined up with Nissan uh, and started selling the Leaf and did that for about four years. Was, I just wanted to get it out there as fast as I could. Uh, then you, I was, you,
0: were, you were the, uh, weren't you the top selling Leaf salesman in, in the country?
1: Or? Yeah, yeah, the first year. But uh, after that, the, the people, whoever was selling to the Google employees quickly surpassed me the second year because uh-huh. they were buying lots of them up there. Um, but at any rate, yeah. uh, I did sell you know, probably a total of 500 uh, directly, and then I caused to be sold many hundreds, maybe thousands more through my writing and speaking. And then in, uh, about four years ago, I retired, again, due to health reasons, um, and then wrote a novel called Radical with Billions of Lives at Stake, What Would You Do?
2: Which, by the way, we did, we, we wrote about it on Clean Technica, so I'll, I'll somehow include the link in there. But yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And so uh, since then, I've just been doing whatever I can to get a single individual to change or as big a group as I can convince to change uh, both their homes' electricity to clean energy. And if they have to have a car, make sure it's electric.
0: Well, you guys are in an exciting place for it too. I mean, we, we I think it was Lauren McDonald recently did a story about uh, stop saying electric cars are 1% of, of car sales, you know, because, because actually, you know, many big classes of cars are not even represented. We don't have an electric pickup. We don't have uh, certain classes with any electric car. And, and there's so many more models. And then also in places like California, they're leading like California is like about 7%, I think it was, uh, market share now so it's always you know it's it's, it depends on the frame you put around things but California is just you know one of these places where some of these cities in California the market share is really getting up in those you know towards Norway levels of 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 market share although Norway keeps running away further and further so it's hard to catch Norway but uh, now it it's we. I I remember getting into EVs after doing climate science and then solar. And uh, when I started getting into EVs, you were uh, a well-recognized, you know, like leader in this space. I remember you had raised money uh, to have a dinner, you know, have dinner with Obama, and this was uh, this was a big story. I remember sort of in the early days of my EV blogging. Uh, now I'm an old oldie. It seems like it's so many new people coming into the into the market every day, that you have just uh, you forget that people are just learning about all this stuff that you learned about. Well, I learned about maybe eight years ago. You guys, I don't know. I don't know how when you guys got started. But I was even I, I was at a charge charge point station the other day. I, I mentioned in this article I did about using Charge Point, and a Model Three driver drove up at the same time uh, as we drove up. He went to plug in right after me, and he was like mentioned to his wife oh, apparently you need a card or something to use this. And I was like, look at this. A guy, his guy, this guy's got a Model 3. He's the envy of so many EV fanatics. He's got a fully loaded Model 3. And he doesn't realize that you have to actually have a card. I mean, but, you know, that's the process we all go through at the beginning, right? Oh, you need a card. Oh, I thought you could just charge, right? Like a gas station. or something. So it's fun. And I was, I was stoked because uh, when we went, to California to see the Model 3 unveiled, uh, I forget how many years ago, was it two or three years ago, uh, in uh, in Los Angeles area, we went to Santa Cruz, was that Santa Cruz, to get to put in our reservations for the Model 3, and we're sitting in line there, and we saw Paul Scott, Bjorn Nyland, <laughs> uh, some other... I was like, what is this line? This is such, like, holy cow. I finally, oh, E. V. Annex guys, uh, Matt Pressman and Roger Pressman. Uh, so it was like, this is so lucky that we, but, you know, Kyle Fields knew this would be a good line to go to apparently. But it was, it was really a.
1: Just to correct you, Santa, Santa Monica, not Santa Cruz. Santa
0: Monica. What am I talking about? Santa Monica. Santa Cruz is up north. Uh, sorry, Santa Monica. Uh, see, I'm not a California boy. I'm a Florida boy. But uh, yeah, it's really an honor. I mean, we're, we're just having fun basically talking about the EV news of the day here and uh, trying to get some fun people together to do that. So really honored and happy to have you joining us uh, here and there. Uh, I don't know what your regularity will be, but um, the topic today we really wanted to focus on was the EV uh, tax credit. I'll let one of you guys talk about it. It's sort of insane how it was set up. I don't know if you guys were involved at all, in, in when it was when it was set up, or know anything about the process. But it's sort of looking back. It's like, what happened? This is so weird.
1: Yeah, I, I can give you a little bit of background on it because Plug in America. I, I specifically wasn't involved, but Plug in America was, and uh, our legislative uh, guru there, uh, Jay Friedland, uh, teamed up with a few other people who were working with Congress when these uh, rebates were being discussed, and initially the rebate amount was going to be um, uh, $7,500, and it was a tax credit, but there were going to be 200,000 uh, vehicles covered, period. So whoever got there first got to use them up. Well, we didn't think that was enough. That was, that was something like $2 billion. Um, and so Jay and a few other people lobbied Congress and got them to change that to 200,000 units per manufacturer. It's greatly expanded it to well over 14 billion, and that's why everybody buying a Tesla, Volt, Bolt, or Nissan Leaf, or any other EV, you know, they can thank uh, Plug-in America and, and the people who really worked hard to get that expanded to 200,000 units per manufacturer.
0: So it was actually it was a, it was a clever way to get a lot more EVs. But now you look, you're like, hey, we're punishing the leaders, which doesn't make sense. But it was, you know, that's how Congress works, right? This kind of makeshift. Uh, and anything, anything on it being a credit versus a rebate and, and you know, the you know basically it, it favors people who have $7,500 worth of tax liability versus people who don't. I mean, of course, early adopters are the ones, early adopters have money and they're the ones, you know, getting EVs at that stage. But still, it, it's always been a little something that rubs. I know Nicholas and, 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 and me and a lot of people the wrong way. It's like, hey, we're... Helping rich people more than non-rich people.
1: Yes, yes, and as a matter of fact, I ran into that a lot when I was selling the Leaf, because the Leaf is definitely an affordable car for most Americans. I mean, the average price for a new car sold is thirty-four thousand, and after incentives, these were all under thirty thousand. So it was uh, certainly affordable by the, the new car buying public, but a lot of people uh, did not want to uh, or did not have a tax bite big enough to take the full 7,500. And of course, they were going to leave money on the table if they did that. So they started leasing the car because when you leased the car, Nissan got the tax credit and they lowered the lease price by that much. So uh, we were able to get it. But it was, it's kind of a kludgy way to do it. And quite frankly, uh, I could have sold a lot more cars if we had that $7,500, not as a tax credit, but as a rebate at point of sale. So you got the price of the car dropped by seventy-five hundred dollars right there on the showroom floor, and you didn't have to do, wait. Do you
0: know why? I mean, I, I feel like I've seen the explanation of why it was set up as a credit, not a rebate. But do you, do you have any more insight on why that is? If there's actual some some actual rationality behind it, or
1: there may uh, have been rationality from the oil companies or the uh, auto OEMs uh, side uh, to maybe slow down sales. But, in terms of rationality to help spur sales, there is none none yeah. that I anyway and yeah. it, it only served to slow down sales
0: i mean it 's sort of like hey we 're promising seven thousand five hundred dollars for e v s but you have to you know but not for everyone so, so it 's like it sounds good until you get into the fine print right but it right. it just doesn 't seem i, I don 't know it 's always something one of those things that irk, irks me. Uh, but it, I mean, of course, it has been a pretty strong incentive. It's been something that's helped the U.S. market to be much stronger than it would have been. So it's great that it. I mean, it's great that it's been there. It's great that you guys did. I had no idea that you guys did the amazing work of making it two hundred thousand per manufacturer instead of. Uh, I mean, your colleagues. You said it wasn't you. You personally, but you know, it's your whole organization uh, instead of just two hundred thousand total. But I imagine there's there must have been a push for a while. Uh, Lauren McDonald who did this article today for us about the, the, the Tesla and the tax credit is working on some relating to Ford and GM and, and others as well because actually it's this, uh, this weird, you know, quirk of the policy is going to penalize US, comp- U.S. auto companies more than others because you got Tesla, GM and Ford are up there and, and Nissan up there ahead of the pack for EVs sold. Or uh, so, so they're going to lose the their customers will lose the credit first. But I imagine there must have been a push for a while to, to to extend it or whatever. Do you know anything about about the push that's been going on or, or the new the new legislation? Uh,
1: just a bit, yes. the uh, The push had been going on for quite some some years, but uh, we would like to just open it up and and have that credit last. Um, I believe until a specific date. Um, and various dates have been proposed, but maybe 2025 or something like that, which I think is more than what we need, but um, certainly I would take a couple more years. Uh, But the other thing which I really liked was to pool the available credits. Like if we can't get the credits extended, uh, to pool the the credits that are left for all the manufacturers, to just pool them so that uh, first come, first serve. That way Tesla doesn't get penalized for being a leader. And the others, the laggards, who are slow to, to bring cars to market and have not been pushing them nationwide, uh, they'll lose out if they don't start pushing their cars. And,
0: and that's a critical thing, nationwide, because Ford and GM are up there as well, and they've, they've had relatively high sales because their cars are available more or less across the nation. Even here, like Florida is the number two state for Tesla, so I think so it's probably up there for EVs in general. And it's very hard to get any EVs here. And even the ones that are available, the Ford, the Ford options and the GM options, it's very hard to get them even from the dealer. The dealers sell them, but it's like they get one and it's gone. They get one and it's gone. My mom was trying to test drive a Bolt for months and couldn't get one because they would just get a couple and they'd be accounted for very quickly. And so then they can't test drive them because it's a customer's car. So we we finally test drove one uh, yesterday, I think it was, or two days ago maybe, uh, and and it was like wow, we finally got in this car that's supposedly not production limited and all that. But then GM also two days ago mentioned that they they're increasing the production twenty percent on that because of demand. So in any case, the point is you know <laughs> I'm rambling, but the point is you know the car the car companies that have been actually selling them nationwide, not just in California and Oregon or or, or something like that are really getting getting sort of slammed by this by this change. And it's, uh, it seems unfortunate, but uh, you said uh, 2025. And there was also like, uh, there, there's the the legislation that's coming through a Vermont, Vermont uh, representative, Congressman, uh, I, I understand it's quite aggressive, it's like, rather overly aggressive, but but my understanding is it might be just a negotiation tactic to try to get something out of it, to try to you know start high and work down within the, the negotiation process. But um, do you have any sense of how how possible uh, this is? This is the hard.
1: Here's my take on that. You know, I when I read about it, I thought, well, this is great that you know we're actually getting somebody in Congress to step up and, and make this proposal. But I'm watching what's going on in the Trump administration with the Scott Pruitt just resigning, by the way, if you haven't heard, he just resigned from the EPA, but he's going to be replaced by somebody of similar bent. I, I heard
0: a co-lobbyist. Uh,
1: yeah, there you go. That's a perfect uh, person for the run. To
0: wonderful. The
1: coal lobbyist Yeah. So, so this is what we're up against. And I think nothing's going to obviously happen until after November in the election. After that, now, things could change dramatically, but we don't know. This blue wave, we're all hoping It's that-
0: a push. Get to the polls. If you don't vote normally, get to the freaking polls. We need to save our country.
1: It's important that we do that. So, uh, so I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I have such little faith in Congress to do the right thing that um, uh, while I, I like that somebody's doing it and trying, um, I'm not holding my breath that it's actually going to pass
0: the thing that disturbs me it's disturbed me for for years and i always try to i try to highlight it regularly republican voters want clean air want clean energy want like electric vehicles republican voters support this year after year after year and the politicians don't because of their ties to the oil and coal industries and they are just like there's a heavy, you know, a lot of topics, there's like equal fund lobbyists, equally pressure Democrats and Republicans, they equal, equally put in money. So whoever wins, they have their, their back, whatever. Democrats, I think just decided to stand up for clean air and, and clean energy and that kind of stuff. And, 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 you know, I think my understanding is the fossil fuel industries decided, okay, they, we'll give up on them, but we'll put all our eggs on, on the Republicans. And it works for them. I mean, the Republicans in Congress it's like the, one of the most critical issues is not to vote anything that will harm the fossil fuel industries, and it's extremely disturbing that that more Republican voters don't see what's happening and, and just get fed up with it and and drop drop the you know drop their politicians but but that's been the case, but yeah, we have no idea what you know we're hoping for this blue wave that's sort of I mean so many things hinge on what happens in a few months uh, and you really I mean we can't you would think Republican politicians can score points with their voters yeah. uh, if, they, if they just, uh, you know, support the stuff that they support, that the voters support, but they're just unwilling to do so. And, and we've seen with Trump how willing they are to just try to bend the, the preferences of the voters to their own preferences, which is just, yeah, horrible. But.
1: We find ourselves in a strange situation where ExxonMobil is calling for a carbon tax, right? So they want a carbon tax, so if ExxonMobil wants a carbon tax, you would think, well, okay, well, we now have the Republicans on our side, and they don't they still won't pass one
0: When they did have. Exxon push for this
1: now, this was um, I read about it three weeks, four weeks ago, and uh, i don't know who at Exxon i don't remember who at Exxon, but they they were in favor
0: of a carbon tax oh, that's interesting yeah, that's a cure i mean and that i mean there's two two questions that pop into my head do they really think okay this is the future anyway we better get get going on it and might as well do it while republicans control things so that it's weaker than uh than environmentalists would like or do they know republicans in, in power won't do anything so they just put out put it out as good pr especially in the midst of being sued for for you know sitting on this this information for so long but in any case it's yeah i mean the the thing we know is Republicans in Congress won't do anything. They basically won't do anything at all. I mean, all they did was cut taxes on the wealthy. That's all they really have had any inclination to do.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really pathetic what, what we're having to put up with right now. And, and honestly, you know, I'm going to keep fighting as hard as I can. But uh, unless the people out there actually start buying these cars with or without an incentive, you know, the cars are exceptionally good. So they're worth more money than an equivalent gas car because they perform better, they sound better, and uh, you know, they're cleaner. So a good person would see all that and obviously choose the, the right choice. Uh, but most Americans honestly don't care that they cause harm to other people. When you bring it up in progressive circles, you bring up the fact that you, know, you really shouldn't be driving a gas-burning car right now, you get a lot of pushback. And I'm quite disgusted by it because not only are they willing to cause harm to other people and the planet, but every time they buy gasoline, they're funding their own opposition. And this is a huge point. So, you know, if if they're okay causing, you know, contributing to the death of over 5 million humans a year, if they're okay with that and they're okay with funding their political opposition, then what kind of progressive are they really?
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's cutting to the chase. And I mean, this is, you know, the, the thing I often come back to is habits are very hard to change and those habits can be your daily activity habits or they can just be habits in thought and what we assume is normal. What we assume is, uh, you know, just what you have to do to live, what you have to do to get by. And people, people justify over and over that they drive a non electric car, uh, I think more than anything it 's because it 's a habit in their head, and they can 't break out they, I mean you can make an argument, go get a used uh, leaf or a used i three or a, you know if, if if a new one is out outside of your range you know there 's options that at least you know you can get a really cheap used one if for just city driving and keep your gas yeah. back up for for longer you know needs if, if you if you can 't live with a used e v uh, for for normal daily life or, or for, for all of your life activities, but, but the, there's just kind of this justification rationalization that always comes in. But yeah, this was something that struck me with the in the, in the Bush era. There was so much demonization of the oil industry, but everyone's going around filling up and, and I live, I was lucky. I, I got car free 15 years ago. I moved to different places over and over that's uh, where I could live car free very nicely. And then, you know, eventually we we got into EVs recently, more recently, but um, it's hard to relate. But at the same time, it's hard to not push people away when you start to to bring it up. Because like you said, people get so defensive so quickly. It's like, but I need a car and I need this car and I have a Prius and this and that. And it's like, okay, okay, you know, we don't want to, don't want to lose a friendship over it, but.
1: I lost a few friendships
0: over it. That's good. You're an awesome activist. <laughs> that's but that's what you need. You know, it's it's rough. It's not nice to get the feedback. I mean, that's the thing. Whenever you you push boundaries, you're gonna get pushback, and it's not nice to deal with the feedback. But you know, it's sort of uh, it's what you. It's what you have to do to make change, I think, to, to create change. Uh, so just to be clear to anyone watching, we're not keeping Nicholas out of this conversation. He apparently has some technical issues. He, he, he I'm not sure what happened. And I'm, you know, this Florida storm, th- summer thunderstorm is about to hit the hard so I might drop out any moment, but uh, uh, we kept losing electricity yesterday. It was just like wild how, how strong the thunderstorm was. But uh, regarding policies, so uh, there's a tax credit, of course, California has the $2,500 rebate, the actual rebate, where you basically get it off the price of the car right up front. Uh, well, not right up front, right? You ha- you have to get you it wait, sent.
1: It's two to three months now because there's so many electric cars being sold here. So the uh, Clean Vehicle Rebate Project, C V R P, they're the ones in charge of handling them. And it used to be you could send the paperwork in, and a month later you get a check. Well, there are thousands being sold every week, so uh, they're kind of behind in that, and uh, it takes about two to three months now to get it, but you get it.
0: Well, I was surprised because the last I would heard a while back was that it expired and it wasn't being renewed, and then uh, then we, I had articles I was editing where they were mentioning it again, and I was like, is it back? know, I didn't hear that it came back. Uh, how long was the gap and and is this uh what's how long does it go now until it needs to be renewed again
1: or yeah um so it's 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 gone out it's run out of money numerous times when I was selling the car, it ran out probably three or four times during that period uh but it was always promised that they would refund it. There was no guarantee, but it always managed to get refunded and we do have a uh cap and trade law here in California that uh is building up. Million billions actually over time in in money and we're using some of that money uh, To fund the bullet train from LA up to San Francisco, uh, but a lot of it goes to the CVRP uh, rebate project and uh, uh, Anything else that can reduce um, climate change gases, so it's, it's used quite widely actually and uh, so
0: it's not really at risk of it's not really at risk of going away and how long would they
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, not, not in California. Uh, so it should be, it should be around for many years to come is from, from what I understand the, the Democrats control Sacramento, the state of Cal, uh, capital of California, and we're not going to let the Republicans go in there and mess things up. For them.
0: And it's all, and you guys also, I mean, it's not just the Democrats control, but this is a very important issue to Californians. so it's, the Californians push the, Push everyone, whether Democrats or Republicans. I think even Republicans, there are fairly green by national standards, right? Because you have to be; otherwise, you lose. You have no hope of anything because it's a very important issue for for California. So that, that's what we need: more places, I think, more groups to organize and, and to push. Another thing I've had open for weeks from Plug In America, or was it Sierra Club? No, I think it's Plug In America and Sierra Club. Maybe uh, is to push. Uh, I've been waiting to write about it, but you know, one thing after another. Tesla has too many tweets, right? You know, it's like uh, <laughs> too many tweets from Elon, too much to cover. But uh, yeah, it's Plug-in America it's pushing pushing us to push our our Congress people to our our senators to to do an EV ride and drive. And I thought that was brilliant. I've really been eager to write about this uh, because this is you know again, there's just there's nothing you can say that matches the experience of getting in an EV and people realizing this isn't just a, a competitive option this is a better car so it seems like if we got more senators to to experience it they would they would find a reason to support it maybe maybe some even republicans would find a reason to go go and support evs in some some quiet way
1: yeah. well some of them probably will but it, it, you know with this current crop in there uh, bowing down to trump and and right they can't
0: even defend the constitution or separation of powers or freedom of speech. They can't defend. It's really, it's so disturbing. It's like, it's like mine, my, my mind is getting blown every day. I can't handle it. I, do you, do you follow it all closely? It sounds like you, you follow it closely. I don't
1: History will not be kind to these people and, and their children and grandchildren will have to answer for their father, mothers and fathers uh, reticence on, on climate change legislation. Um, hopefully they'll, They'll be embarrassed by what their parents
0: are doing. Uh, Well, Paul, thank you for for joining for this chat. Uh, It's unfortunate we don't have Nicholas to to sign off, and Kyle's missing in action as well. I guess we have to go back to our normal time or something. But (laughs) I'm not sure what happened to Nicholas. But uh, thank you for for being with us, chatting with us. We have, I'm sure, a lot more to talk about. You're welcome every day, any day. And, uh, you know, we're just having fun talking about EVs. So I think you you would enjoy uh, being a regular.
1: I would love to do that, Zachary. So anytime guys invite me back, uh, there's a lot more to discuss. So uh, let's do this again real soon.
0: And you, you also have a zero, right? Is a zero or no? And,
1: uh, two zeros. And uh-huh. I'll find another one if they have more power because I'm expecting that. Uh, but I also have a Model 3, and uh, I've got that out, rented on Toro. Uh, I get to use it whenever I want, but in the meantime, I'm making money with it. And then we just leased a Bolt. Um, two couples my girlfriend and i who are retired and then another retired couple we went in Zs on this bolt so we got it really cheap you know, well time.
0: i was when you said that i thought well i guess he's uh not getting a model three yet i but i i think i saw that you got it and put it on throw but that, that's what i was planning to do but we yeah we held off for now got used i3 but uh what uh why did you get a go in on a bolt like that when you already have the three available and the
1: very quickly so this other couple split their time six months in florida six months here so they had a leaf here but they let that go back when the lease ended went to florida bought a bolt so that bolt sitting there six months doing nothing they thought well we don't want to get a car that just sits for six months Uh, and then my girlfriend had a gas car so when she just moved in Um, I said, well, you've got to get an EV. So we were going to get her a used EV. And then we started talking to this other couple and we thought, why don't we get a brand new Bolt? That'll service because we're all retired. We don't need a car full time. And so we have a little calendar, whoever needs it puts their use uh, on the calendar. And so we got four people sharing one car. And so it's super cheap for all of us. And we got a Bolt, a brand new Bolt. Three hundred miles of range. Pretty That's real. awesome.
0: True, uh, you know, uh, car sharing like uh, small scale, natural car sharing. That's awesome. We, I, I tried to, I wanted to get people doing that with with us in in Poland when we lived in Poland because we didn't really need a car, we didn't have a car, we didn't need one for anything. But and we lived in a wonderful mixed use neighborhood. Everything right there on the street that you needed, uh, and then not far away to get get a tram and go to to downtown city center. So I, I thought about trying, but nobody was, everybody has that kind of American dream in their head there as well. Like you need your own car, you need your own, uh, uh, you know, it's just that American dream concept, but, but, but there's actually a, the electric car sharing in that city. Now it's 200 Nissan Leafs and there's two electric scooter sharing programs. And they're really, uh, they really kicked off right. And they kicked off pretty big right away. I've, I saw Nissan Leafs every day from this car sharing program. Uh, and these electric scooters every day when they launched. And so, you know, I think it, it catches on. But I love the idea of this sort of uh, natural, homemade car-sharing model, you know, eco-village kind of, hey, let's get together and get a car and share it, you know, so that's it's cool.
1: So if you can split it in half or in quarters, that's a big savings. And you still get all the usage you need. So You get
0: down to Netflix prices pretty quickly. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll t- chat soon and have a, have a good evening. Everyone watching, check in
1: tomorrow to get your electric fix, right? All right. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye.